0: You gotta pay general admission, then you gotta pay Frontier, Frontier, Frontier City. City. Nobody rides the rides. Why? Yeah, we're trying to take six house half a mortgage note on you girls. Hell no. Hopefully the weather is
1: better. <laughs> this this weather's ass. It's, it's cold. It's wet. It's everything that's terrible. I'm not a fan. You like this weather? It's awesome, it's awesome weather. Well, okay. you're, from, you're from. It's you're awesome from weather. Stop whining. <laughs> remotely cold down where it's warm all the time. I'd love to just have just live somewhere where it's just hot all all the time. Yeah, it's not. Yeah,
0: fine. but the occasional hurricane where water comes up from the ground and just keep on rising.
1: Yeah, you may you may reconsider. Uh, I mean, John, you lived in Alaska, so I'm, you're used you to it. You may this, reconsider. Right?
2: This is uh, this, uh, this is my time to shine. I love this weather.
1: I lived in the. I live in Minnesota, Minnesota, so this ain't this is all right. I've got friends from Minnesota, <laughs> okay. and every time I mention that it, okay it happens to be cold here, like the first thing is you don't know what cold is. Like, look, it's relative. It's cold here. I'm not living in Minnesota. It's it's it just makes me want to like rip my hair out when they say that. But um, everybody, welcome to the pregame mm-hmm. edition on of the uh, Inside OU podcast, brought to you by the Franchise Podcast Network. If you couldn't tell, we've got Rufus Alexander and John Hoover along with me, Brady Trantham. Uh, Here for you guys for the next 20 or 30 minutes or so, getting you guys ready for the Kansas State game tomorrow at, of course, 11 in the morning as the Sooners travel to Manhattan for their uh, contest against the Wildcats. But, yeah, the Roosters, they come to snuff the Rooster. It's a... um, what, what, what did Bolsby say like I saw like the headline grabber John did you get a chance to read uh, I think Gary you think Gary got him on the phone or something uh, did yeah. did Bolsby just basically say yeah it, it's it's all about the Benjamins.
2: <laughs> he got Not him at, uh, he got him at ba- big 12 basketball media day up in Kansas City uh, with the same, you know the, he makes himself available for for one-on-one interviews and so that was very very cool um, yeah, it's all about the Benjamins. He said these TV networks pay us a lot of money. And right now, the, the the times that they want to broadcast our games, uh, he said they go back and forth between Fox and, and uh, ABC ESPN, and the times that they want to broadcast our games just happen to be 11 in the morning. So that's what they're bidding on. That's what they paid for, and that's what they're getting. But my
0: thing is, why just Oklahoma? They're the premier team in the Big 12. can they just put up another Big 12 team and we get on the other station at the other yeah, time? But,
2: the question is when you when you're talking about uh, cord cutters, uh, millennials kids. and whatnot, cutting the cord throughout the nation. <clears throat> who's going to, you know, sit in front of their TV at noon Eastern or ten o'clock Mountain Time or you know nine o'clock uh, West Coast time? Who's going to sit in front of their TV and watch Iowa State take on TCU? Nobody. So nobody. they nobody. So they got to watch what they're trying to put a national brand out there that they might. Have a Heisman winner. They might have a national score fifty points. They might, you know, they they fired the defensive coordinator last year. Oklahoma is the brand right now for the Big Twelve Conference.
0: John, I get it. I get it, John. I get why they're trying to do it. But Iowa (laughs) State, when Campbell was like the the pick in the beginning, I mean, Purdy, all this prettiness to their that team, the defense that's stopping the spread offense. Look, am I selling that to you, Iowa State? Campbell, Purdy, good running back, no, stout uh-uh. defense, built good to team. beat, built to built to beat
2: the spread. Good team, but that doesn't mean I'm going to watch them randomly on a on a Saturday afternoon. No way. Oklahoma is uh, Oklahoma the property. Is that fair? It's absolutely not fair. But it, you know, it is what it is. That comes. That is the price that comes with being the 500 pound gorilla in the see, that, in the room. And that's what the big. That's what Oklahoma is see, to the Big Twelve. What about
0: Texas? What about actually, Texas? They're back. Say, they sing the song. I was actually just gonna say, Ellinger, like, <laughs> um,
1: Hard G. I gotta give it up to Texas. I think that they're like <laughs> extremely mad scientist geniuses with all this right now because they've got the Longhorn Network, and yeah, it bleeds. It just it doesn't make ESPN that much money. But oh my god, maybe they're the, like maybe they're actually smart with this because nobody has been able to watch for the most part their last decade of absolute averageness. Nobody watched them barely beat Kansas. Nobody lo- saw them get to lo- like I think That's when right. they lost to Kansas a few years ago with Charlie Strong. I think that was on the Longhorn Network. So, no one has really been able to notice anything that Texas is like <laughs> crappily thrown out there and all they get to hear is just buzzwords of like, Oh yeah, Texas is back. And Oh yeah. Sam Ellinger yep. is a really, really, really good quarterback and can make all the throws lie. Um, so yeah, shout out to Texas for being smart on this one, but, um, yeah, 11 a.m. kickoffs, not fun, especially when it's over and over and over again. And we all know when the set schedule comes out every year, OU Texas is always going to be an 11 a.m. kickoff regardless. Um, but There are some advantages of basically having an entire network dedicated to basically recruiting for you. I mean, every time Joel Klatt and Gus Johnson are on the call for an OU game, it's just usually 99% of the time OU is going to win Mm -hmm. that game, and it's just nothing but glowing reviews about the defense, about the program, about Lincoln Riley. It's like Fox is basically recruiting for OU. And the
2: real challenge for for Lincoln Riley is to get – um, recruits in from a Friday night game to fly them in from across the country because Oklahoma's really gone to a lot of national recruiting now to get them in for those 11 a.m. games. There's no doubt that has been a challenge. But as Bob Prisbilla pointed out, you know, franchise contributor, he pointed out the flip side of that is after the game is over, you get to spend some real quality time the rest of that Saturday with the guys who are in town. So. There's, uh, there's, you know, there's pros and cons, and Lincoln Riley is a master
1: More at making off. the
2: best out of a bad situation. <laughs>
0: uh, I, hey, I guess, man, I've, I've had that quality time with my coach, and that was Brent Venables. <laughs> and some, some quality time. This could be a little bit too much quality time with somebody. Coach Venables <laughs> had me in there breaking down. Film and all that stuff. So, <laughs> and I didn't know, I didn't know anything. So I felt like a total idiot in that room. And I'll tell you, because I came whenever all the students were gone. So there really there was no party to go to. And I sat in that room, and it was like, all right, uh-huh. what is this? What, what what defense is this? Uh, Ruben, I, like, I don't know. Are you looking at the book I sent you? I well, wait a minute, it. I just got recruited. I don't know what I'm doing. Coach me, Wayne Chamber. Wayne Chambers is in there answering you, all the Rook, questions. I like, What's when you were
1: you're, uh, you're OV? No game?
0: No game. There was no game. There was no game. The teams were gone. They just lost to OSU. Oh. They were preparing to play against Arkansas in the Cotton Bowl. All, was, all the students were home. Wow. Every student that was on campus was home, visiting family. It was just me and the football team. It was just
1: us. When they say we too no, deep, it of- was just us football players. That was it. We hopefully was going to a that, party. It was party only was football players. Um, the weather. Speaking. Speaking of uh, the Cotton Bowl, like this weather is pretty similar to that. I was actually at that game. I think that was the second OU game I'd, I'd ever been to, and. I don't know what it was like you in know. Norman Rufus, but I hopefully it wasn't like this, because frankly, I'm surprised you ended up going to OU if the weather was like this today.
0: <laughs> no, the weather was actually, I came in, it was nice, it was cold when I came Welcome. in, and then when I left, we was to warning, so <laughs> it was in a tornado warning, so
1: it wasn't it was great, it was still bad. Yeah, it wasn't well, bad, I had to drive uh, to Dallas to leave out of here, so the, yeah, it wasn't great. For just a little bit, guys, since that's why we're all here, and that's why everybody listening is listening right now. Um. If you're new to the pregame show, um, I'll say this every week, so apologies for those that have already, that already know the formula. We're going to go over three things to look for, uh, three things that scare us, and just between Rufus and John, and then all three of us will give our score predictions right at the very end, and I'll say it again. We've been pretty damn good with our score predictions, so uh, you heard it here first. So um, I started with John last week, so Rufus... Uh, what are the three things that you're looking for as OU takes on Kansas State tomorrow morning?
0: First, I'm looking for this defense to win on early downs and how they're going to play against a team that's going to try to hit them in the mouth the whole entire time. It's going to be another physical game. This team's going to come at them physically and try to to beat them up in a in a traditional old school style of playing football in the I formation with tight ends. Uh, They're going to take their shots every now and then, but they're going to try to stay in front of the chain. So I'm looking for and seeing how this defense wins on first down and first and second down, because that's going to be the key to the game uh, for this defense. Also, I'm looking for how this offense is going to play against a, a, a top 20, a top 30 or top 20 defense. Uh, Kansas state has done a great job of holding most teams under their average. Uh, and they, and they've done a great job. They're constant. They steady. They play with four down linemen. They got a really good defensive end, uh, a, a talented defensive end, and he's going to come and give them a little bit of a, uh, give them a, a a good little look on one side as well on the defensive line. So it should be fun. I mean, they're not very strong of the middle, Uh, see how Oklahoma sticks with the run a little bit and Kansas state and and how Kansas State's going to attack them. And the last thing I'm going to be looking for is the time in the game. Um, I I think the score is going to be low in this game because I think this game is going to be a short game because Kansas state is not going to sit in there and get blown out. They're going to run the ball and shorten the game very, uh, a lot of the way. So I want to, see how long will it take for this game to get played because of the style of play that Kansas state plays with. And also with the style of play that Oklahoma plays with They're 50, 50 run pass. I mean, they're very balanced as a team. So uh, I, I oh, want to okay. see how long it's going to take to play this game.
2: Um, Yeah, there's a, there's a handful of things that I'm, I'm looking forward to happen in this game. Uh, number one, uh, the Oklahoma's defensive backfield needs to stay steady in the back. I'm talking about the defensive secondary. Did you guys know the longest play,
1: yeah, they
2: pass play that Oklahoma has given up this year is 39 was yards? That, was that Kansas? Seven games through the season, 39 hey. yards. Think about that.
1: Robert, Robert, it, was John, that Kansas fourth quarter? Yeah, fourth John, quarter. Against Kansas, John, so. John,
0: John, John. The well, first thing, the first rule about a no-hitter, you do not talk. Everybody about a no-hitter. everybody no-hitter.
1: on tomorrow if OU starts giving up Well, bombs. let me
2: just say the longest one that, <laughs> that's right. So yeah. that's what this listen, Oklahoma uh, Kansas State's not going to, you know, air it out. Their their season high for passing this year is 218 yards. Their longest pass play of the season offensively is also 39 yards. So oh, God. they're not just going to drop bombs on on the, it's not going to be an air raid. Okay, Skylar Thompson has been under 50% In two of his last three games So I say all that Because these are the same DBs Who last year didn't matter If it was a passing team or a running team Or a backup quarterback or a third string quarterback They got bombed every week So if Oklahoma just stays steady In the back end They're going to be fine Would
1: have just rained bombs on that defense last year Through the air um, And I, I John, like I get what you're saying, and everything you said is absolutely correct. I still have bad memories of the last time OU was in Manhattan, and a guy who couldn't perform a forward pass was performing Mm -hmm. forward passes at such a high level. Now, this defense is much improved. This defense is led by by somebody with a different vision, with a different voice, all those things. Um, And I've kind of said on the podcast already that, I'm starting to believe in the defense even though I'm conditioned as a sooner fan to just expect okay it's some, like it's going to be yeah. bad this Saturday on defense but I'm conditioned what the hell hell kind of... I am conditioned like kind of this What sooner fan
0: are you? Who are you? How are you conditioned all these years from a whole entire decade of playing good defense and you get four or five years of bad defense and now you conditioned to expect bad defense? Who he's the hell got are you?
2: Yeah, he's got what? PTSD oh like my gosh like, like, cool. like the like the like the dbs had last year they had ptsd shell shock whatever you want to call it now the other thing that i'm looking for for oklahoma is to take care of the football it's going to be sunny it will have rained possibly the night before it's going to be 32 degrees overnight so it's going to be chilly
1: no schooner but sunny accidents. it'll be
2: fine don't worry about the weather it won't be like kansas now that nope no schooner accidents for sure um if you look at K-State's pass defense, they only allow 152 yards per game. Think about that. It's 2019. It's not 1979. They only allow 152 yards per game. And their passer rating defense is 105.9. 105.9, the, the Wildcat. K-State, the ah. Wildcat. 105.9. That's their passer rating, not their call sign. Okay? So that's how good K-State's defense has been. You can get away with throwing bad balls against Kansas. You can get away with throwing bad balls against Texas because their secondaries both stink. This guy's secondary. They don't stink. If Oklahoma takes care of the football, Jalen Hurts doesn't throw it up in crowds like he's been doing the last couple of games going into the West Virginia game. You know they only allow 18.7 points per game? K-State, number one in the Big 12. Guys, that's incredible. And throw throw the big defensive lineman that, that Rufus was talking about. Trey Deshaun is the D tackle. Reggie Walker and Wyatt Hubert are the DNs. Those guys are good. They can disrupt things. So if Oklahoma just takes care well, of the football, I, I,
0: they're
1: going to be fun. i question about their defense because like that, that stat kind of popped out to me when I saw, I think, the other day, uh, the 18, like them leading the Big 12 in uh, points allowed. Um, how much of that, Rufus, I'll start with you, how much of that is just them kind of having a different voice and improving um, thusly <coughs> uh, on their own end, uh, kind of like what OU's doing? How much of it is that, and how much of it is just – in their schedule, they just really haven't played a high-powered offense yet in the Big 12, and this is this is their first big offensive test.
0: Whoa, 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 what do you mean? They played against Baylor. Uh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: They played against OSU. hmm I mean, Mississippi State you took them up in the back of the woodshed last they, year and beat they them down. Ran all
1: over them with Juba, and you better that was some... back when we, I guess, kind of assumed, okay, OSU is actually a nice little top 20, top 15 team, and they've since kind of hit whatever. Uh, Baylor, on the other hand, is the games, maybe I'm um, I'm underestimating them, the, and this will be a topic for a different day. But I, I just simply don't know what they are. They showed me a lot.
0: You better put some <laughs> respect. Better put I'm some respect on K State's name. I'm saying the pre, The problem with case. The problem with K State is not de- defensively. It's offensively. They, do, they can't stretch the field. They can't do all these things to stay up with these high-powered offenses. But defensively, they're going to give you all they got. And that's mm-hmm. what OSU ran into as well. When they couldn't get a lot of things down the field, you have to stay steady against this team. Don't try to force anything. Just take what they give you, and you'll, you'll win by 30. It'd be 31, or you may score 40 points or whatever. And you'll win, but you're not gonna go ahead and gouge this team for big chunk yardage because they play with such discipline on the back end, and you would have to force it to ha- to make that happen. That's why their games are not not they don't they don't teams really don't separate by big margin against them because they don't give another team that many opportunities. And the teams that have when they have the opportunities for these high powered offenses, they have to work the ball down the field in small increments and get a touchdown that's that's their formula to play and he's that defense is made for you to try to force things to be to be a little bit uh, to try and enforce and, and get things and, and try to steal some so they can take it away from you. They play on your lack, uh, your inability to stay conservative and play smart football. And you try to take chances and play dangerous and risky football so they can be an opportunistic defense and take the ball away from you. That's their plan. That's how they play the game. And OU is going to have to stay steady.
2: They bend, but they don't break. If you look at their defensive uh, defensive stats, tackles for loss and sacks per game, they're dead last by a lot in the Big 12 Conference in both of those. And what that tells you is it's not that they don't have ability. It tells you this that they don't take risks. They bend, but they don't break. They don't give up the big play. So Oklahoma has thrived on the big play. If the Sooners don't get big plays, it could be a long day for Oklahoma. New staff,
1: new kind of a look defensively for Kansas State. But everything you guys just said, that just sounds like a Bill Snyder team. Yeah,
0: it is. (laughs) The The reason why it sounds like a Bill Snyder team, this is a very disciplined coach. But this coach did not walk into a situation where the kids lacked discipline. They just lacked a different vision. Bill Snyder was just an old he was an old school coach and he he was a pioneer of his time and time just kind of get past people that coaches for if you stay in something for a while it kind of get past you he was trying to find that next successor to him his son that was coaching on the staff with him he just wasn't him. And the K-State decided to go in a different direction, but found somebody in like mind and style to come into Manhattan and coach the team in the same way. So this coach came in into a team that was disciplined and he stayed with that discipline and he's keeping him disciplined with a different vision of what he wants to do. In a few years, he'll have a guy that can stretch to fill the outside, right, and he'll be able to open up thing. his offense a little oh, bit ahead, more. John.
2: By the way, uh, oh, yeah, go ahead. yeah, Brady, I just wanted to give you my third thing to watch. Uh, they got to turn to Trey, Trey Sermon. He had zero carries against Texas. He had five carries against West Virginia, and all that was either late, last third quarter or, or fourth quarter. He didn't catch a pass either one of those games. Uh, you know, We talked about it uh, off the record, off air, whether it's uh, – and I'll throw the, all this out there. He's in the doghouse, injury – uh, he's been unlucky in the in the ball ball distribution. Whatever it is, okay. Um, Trey Sermon needs to get going. I'm looking for him to get 15 carries because that finishing stretch that OU's got: Iowa State, Baylor, TCU, Oklahoma State, Big 12 championship game. They're going to need Trey Sermon in the fourth yeah, quarter I mean, of those if, games. If so we got to get him that back. To be and get figured him ready. out
1: from his end. Hopefully, it's figured out because even though OU has been fine running the football without him getting a lot of carries, I mean, Trey Sermon is still a highly talented running back, and he's helped OU win games in the past. And if he's able to kind of get back into, uh, I mean, whatever he's supposed to be doing, if he's done that, he will help OU win games in the, in the future. And Kansas State is, I mean, that's a prime example of a, a type of game where you need to rely mm-hmm. on your uh, your talented running back. So, um, but everything you guys kind of talked about, you know, disciplined football from Kansas State, um, them wanting to force OU to uh, force the issue, excuse me. Um, putting OU into situations where um, that they can shoot themselves in the foot and that's how Kansas State wins their football games defensively. Um, that kind of segues into the three things that scare us. So, John, I'll s- start with you because um, I'll just s- say like with me, it's going to start and finish with Jalen Hurts taking care of the football. So um, maybe you guys probably agree, but, uh, John, I'll start with you with your three things.
2: Yeah, um, let's just say that Oklahoma can't quite generate pressure up front Neville Gallimore, Laron Stokes, Ronnie Perkins, Jalen Redmond, Q Overton, Stripling, Let's just say they can't get a consistent push uh, in the passing in the pass game. Okay, if Skyler Thompson, who we talked about, you know, being of limited ability and and limited in play calling, he's got five senior offensive linemen in front of him, and his tight end is a senior. That's a lot of experience and a lot of grown ass men, so to speak, uh, guys who've been through some losing guys who've been through some coaching change, you know, guys who've been through some tough times. Those are, those are real, uh, grown men up there blocking for Skyler Thompson. Are they all Americans? No, one of them might be uh, an all big 12 type player, but for the most part, those guys are good players. Now, if, if the Oklahoma defensive line can't get pressure when he, he goes to pass, guess what that means? It means that they can run the football whenever they want. It means that he can pass the football whenever they want. And when a def- when an offense is dictating to the defense getting to do what they want to do when they want to do it, that's the scary part for it. James Gilbert, his season-high rushing is 115 yards against Nichols State, 103 against Bowling Green. I'm not impressed by any of that. He did put 94 on Baylor. Okay, So if, for some reason, Oklahoma's defense suddenly resorts to can't tackle the run- the ball carrier... This kid from Ball State, I think he's 5'9", 195, something like that. He's not just a big load. Uh, if they get the running game going, <laughs> if he's if he's a guy that uh, that is going to get a running game going again, ninety four yards against Baylor, then that's uh, something that could uh, be a fright for as we approach <laughs> Halloween uh, at Fright Fest. That's right. That's something that could be a fright for uh, for Oklahoma's defense. And then I dug this out of the play by play last week, first quarter. Sooners had nine first down plays. This is the third thing that I would be afraid of. Sooners had nine first down plays in the first quarter against West Virginia. Lincoln Riley ran the football on seven of those nine for the game. It was 20 out of 31 first downs. He ran the football Lincoln Riley. I'm not going to say he can get, He. he I'm not going to say he's predictable, but he can force things at times. If he wants to do something, he's going to sometimes try to force it. As I said before, the K-States defense is a bend but don't break defense. They don't have a lot of tackles for loss. They don't take a lot of gambles at the line of scrimmage. They don't just all out rush the quarterback. They don't blitz. So, if Lincoln Riley is 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 you know content to run the football on first down, when Oklahoma needs, you know, when, that's the guessing down. You don't know what a team's going to do on first down because it's always first and 10, right? Given that Kansas State doesn't do a lot of gambling at the line of scrimmage, if they can limit Oklahoma on first down, as as Link, Rufus was talking about earlier, that's something that the offense could all of a sudden get bogged down if they're facing second all and right, nine, Rufus. second oh, yeah. and eight on every play.
0: Man, it's Halloween. Everything scares me on Halloween, you know. It's <laughs> Halloween <laughs> month, you know, but – um Coming into this game, I mean, I, I'm thinking the thing that scares me is if Oklahoma's going to play against this a team that really is physically is their makeup. Being physical the whole entire game. For four quarters is what they want to do, and sometimes Oklahoma is a little bit thin in the in the in the defensive line as far as weight-wise. Everybody's been slim down for this speed and fast defense. Well, if K State is able to put OU in a phone booth, and OU likes to slant you know, and do all these things up front. If they get caught slanting a different way, there are creases to be had in this in this defense. So guys have to get off of blocks, guys have to win on single blocks, and a lot of what they do is to try to confuse offensive linemen and how they get pressure and stuff. So if K-State able to run the ball with some success, that really scares me. Um the next thing that scares me is is our offense. You know, sometimes, like John was saying, um, Lincoln Riley can get kind of stuck into, you know, I'm going to pass the ball at this point in time in the game and he just continues to pass the ball. Or he's, I'm going to run the ball and I'm going to just continue to run the ball on first down. If this offense can't really generate the big play, can they be a patient offense? I think they can, but can they be a patient offense? If K State forces, in the, I mean, in, in K State, force them to be patient, I'm really concerned about this. This offense and how they're going to react to it. The last thing that really scares me if K-State forces Jalen Hurts to make pressure throws instead of him relying on his feet and he has to throw the ball in critical situations more than one or two times in the game. Will he be willing to do that over and over again? If I'm K-State, I'm going to try to make him stay in the pocket and force him to throw the ball in windows and pressure situations. And if that happens, it kind of scares me to see what he will do and how he will react. I hopefully, hopefully he succeeds, but it scares me if he gets in those situations because here lately, when he's had those opportunities to make plays against West Virginia, he chose to use his feet. Same thing against Texas. He chose to use his feet and break the pocket whenever he had um, Nick Basquin wide open in the end zone. He did some things where you kind of like, Will he try to take the throw where he where he can make the throw, or will he use his feet? And if can K State as the defense that they play and the style of defense they play keep him in the pocket?
1: Me of the Kansas State matchup tomorrow. I don't know why, but anytime I hear discipline and using OU speed against them, I I just I get I get freaked out. Um, I, I'll ask before we physical get predictions. Mm-hmm. I mean, Rufus, in your opinion, um, the the physical standpoint. I know Texas's defense isn't really anything to write home about, especially in the back end, but, I mean, physically, from a physical standpoint, did they not have a defense talented enough to try and out physical Oklahoma before the game, of course? I'm just talking from a pure talent standpoint. So you don't think so? No, no.
0: defensive line-wise, They didn't. They didn't have the talent that Texas usually has defensively okay. on the defensive line. They did not have it. I think K-State has a better front. Four than, than, than uh, Texas had. So it's going to be a fun game. We're going to see what these guys got. They're going to challenge.
1: His line, watch. Uh, tested phys- from a physical standpoint, so I'm excited to actually see that. But uh, Rufus, let's get your uh, score prediction for tomorrow tomorrow morning.
0: I'm going to go with <laughs> 42 because I love the number 42. Ooh. 42 <laughs> to 14. You stole, my score. F-
2: you stole my score. You stole my score exactly.
0: Wow. <laughs> I don't think... I don't think OU gets into the 50s because uh, K-State's going to shorten the game. And I think they are going to put up a, just two more touchdowns more than Baylor was able to do.
2: No, that's that's my score exactly. Uh, I wrote it down right, right when we were getting started. Um, I think Oklahoma, for the very same reasons, I think Kansas State shortens the game. I think their defense is good enough to hold Oklahoma under its scoring average. And uh, the, their offense is going to be very limited. I foresee a touchdown in the first quarter and a touchdown in, yeah, the, ex- a touchdown in the fourth quarter, kind of like what we saw
1: against Kansas. Come because if, let's just pretend like Kansas State is up 14 to nothing, and then Twitter is aflame, message boards are like going under, and then OU rattles off 42 straight points, and then the score looks like, oh, okay, OU just took care of business. It's like, ah, uh, first 10 minutes were actually kind of scary. But I actually think uh, the score that I've had in my head is 41-24 Oklahoma. I don't know why, and that last touchdown might come in garbage time, so OU might essentially win 41-17 throughout the entire game, but there's just something about Manhattan. There's just something about Kansas State. There's just something about a lot of the things you guys talked about, Jalen Hurts in um, particular, uh, the physicality standpoint, that this game might be a little interesting, but I don't think it's going to get out of hand like the last game in Manhattan where it took a late Rodney Anderson touchdown for OU to even eke out a win. So. Uh, I'll say 4124 and I guess you guys are both 42 to 14.
0: yes sir I like 24 though that's another good number it has yeah. 42 and Who else so has worn 42 I like 24 since
1: you, uh, since you graduated Rufus Mark Jackson wasn't there somebody Jackson? else? um oh what was his name what was, I was I thought there was a line what was, was a uh, 42, deep right? snapper nah uh,
0: okay, then, yeah, um okay yeah, yeah, yeah. Alexander wore forty two. Yeah. He oh, wore forty two. Yeah. Dominic got another forty two. That's right.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. He wore no that wasn't planned at all, man. He's a great guy. Great linebacker. Good linebacker.
1: But the forty two that's <laughs> wearing right now, I don't know
0: if he's gonna get C to Phil again. Boy.
1: All right, guys. Well, uh good show. As always. It gets better and better. Um the numbers are incredible right now. So everybody, thank you so much for continuing to listen on with us. Um uh, I will say I, I'll go ahead and apologize for the uh, I think it was the last postgame show that we did or the pre game show that we did. I, I think the last episode that we did with just John and I, I said Miami Dolphins quarterback Patrick Fields. It was Patrick White. I've been corrected two or three times over the last week. My apologies. i sorry. I couldn't remember the 26th quarterback's mm-hmm. name who's played since Dan Marino retired. Uh, that's my bad um but hey we tried to be inside <laughs> OU and I was way too inside OU on that one because I had Patrick Fields on the mind so uh apologies for everybody but for Mr. Rufus Alexander and Mr. John Hoover this is Brady Trantham thank you guys so much for listening to Inside OU Podcast and we will see you for the post game show